Welcome to Crowdsourcing Revolution. Today's show, I'm going to focus on, I really think that it, there's an important thing happened last summer and the folks that are here on call-in are well aware of it because Katie Halper picked up the story and interviewed Amali Yeshatella last year right after it happened and most of us are fans of Miss Halper and her shows and if you're not and you haven't seen that interview it's fantastic please go check it out on YouTube but today's show I want to focus on what's happening with the African People's Socialist Party and the Uhuru Three, and the charges and terrorism that has been wrought against an organization that for 50 years has fought for African liberation without exception. And the ridiculous charges that they're being brought on, these three it's uh, Chairman Amali Yeshitara and Penny Hess and Jesse Neville have all been indicted now on charges of conspiracy with Russia to fuck with the U.S. election. Excuse me, that's not the, that's not the specific talking point. I'm going to tell you, you all one thing that you should hear and is important to know about this movement. You can watch this organization grow. Right now, you can watch them on YouTube, on the website they have, Hands Off Uhuru. You can see the momentum growing. You can watch the very first interview that Yeshatala gave right after the raid, and you can watch every interview that he's given to everybody, including Kim Iverson's, which I just watched and was fantastic. Katie Halper's was also great. But you'll notice something specific about it when you listen to it. You can hear the story doesn't change. It's the same. The issues are the same. The talking points are there. They're well-crafted. They're easy for people to find. And one of the things that I really want to highlight in this show is something that is super clear, which is they invite white people to come and be part of their solidarity group and to give reparations which go to fund programs right now in St. Louis mainly, but also around the country. There's 130 different chapters of this solidarity group for white people 
to donate. It's the way for white people to organize themselves in support of African liberation, recognizing that that puts us all in a better place and denying the colonialism of it all. So that's the big picture of where I actually stand, I think, on the importance of this movement and the persecution that has happened. You wait until the, it's shocking to me. So I went down. The reason this has come up right now is May 27th is actually African Liberation Day the day that the African People's Socialist Party was founded in 1972. It's also the anniversary of George Floyd. The sad anniversary of, of a very disgusting, but unfortunately all too common murder. of a black man at the hands of the state. So there were events in multiple cities around the country and across the world, including London and Jamaica, where people gathered to spread the word about what's been happening since the July 29th, 2022 raids on seven properties it it that was only the beginning of the most recent series of terror tactics that the FBI appears to be using to silence this accusation they went in on July 29, 2022, just to go back to the beginning of the story. The FBI raided seven locations pre-dawn. It was five in the morning in St. Louis, and it was at the exact same time, same time but 6 a.m. local time in St. Petersburg, Florida. They raided the head of the of the two solidarity organizations, the, the Uhuru Solidarity, the Uhuru Movement Solidarity leaders. They raided them with like, they were all strapped and like, like they were expecting a fight. They had search warrants to search their homes. They could have come in the middle of the day and knocked on the door like a human being. No, they had to have the big SWAT teams and everybody in the in their gear with the guns out so that when he came out his front step, and I'm not going to try and tell his story because his story is good. If you haven't if you haven't already heard him, Amali Yeshatara, tell the story of how he thought he was dead 
He walked onto his front porch and there was red laser dots on his chest, he said. And he said, he is just, he was like, okay, this is it. Because of the history that is now fairly common knowledge, I think, in the U.S., but I'm, I'm open to being wrong, that it may not be as common knowledge that Martin Luther King Jr., they, you know, you know they, they put, they did a mock trial of, for Martin Luther King Jr.'s killing and, and found that the CIA did it. Or the FBI, I can't, one of those. Doesn't matter which one. It was an arm of the government, an arm of the state, of all the power. All the power had to strike somebody down who was speaking truth. And Amali Yashitala has been speaking truth to power and quietly really building some momentum in St. Louis and has turned part of North St. Louis around. But they've been indicted on charges of being illegal foreign agents. What? It's, it took them it took the federal government nearly they they raided seven locations took everything every file every backlog i mean they had files going back and all kinds of proprietary information about what they've been doing cuz this organization is 50 years old 50 years old they took all these back records, all their contacts, all their networking, all of their computers, everything. They had to start with zero. Zero. And the government had all of that. And it took them nine months to come up with, oh, you forgot to file the paperwork. You were accusing you of being foreign agents working for the Russians. And the crazy and insulting conspiracy that, and racist conspiracy that black people don't have their own intelligence to see what the fuck's going on, that they need Russians to tell them to create strife, to like rise up, to agitate, that they need Russians to tell them that is, it's insulting and it's ridiculous. I mean, they didn't even try. That's the really sad part to me is maybe I'm wrong, but it's it, it with all of the stuff that with the Russian, all this fucking Russiagate shit, the tip that I've, they've been they've been accused of working with the Russians or the Chinese. It's one of the oldest tricks in the book. It's one of the things the intelligence community does. And this is all stuff that, that chair Yashitala talks about. And it's not a hard leap for me from Fred Hampton to the ongoing. So check out what's been happening. So since the indictment came in, 
there's all there there's let me get to the page by the way feel free to call call in if you have questions or or you want something uh me to go back uh, or i skip something please feel free to call in and you know invite invite folks if you think they might be um interested cuz this is it, it it really what what's what what's the big deal they, they so they so they're terrorizing some socialist party group no this is this is the beginning of the they came for the the jews and i said nothing and they came for the gypsies and i said and then they came for me and there's nobody speak up for me this is and the ridiculousness it's an insult they couldn't even come up with something that was less obvious so in addition to to what happened with the raid where they had everything taken and they had to start from basically nothing where is the they regions bank has 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 where is that page um regions bank has has said they're going to stop their business with them and they that's that's the bank that has all of their accounts and i'll i'll go into that more in a little more detail but in addition to that they've been so one of their main lieutenants got arrested for no good reason and then the bank says they called them on their mortgage and they said we're no longer going to be your bank no questions asked even though it's been a 20 year long relationship with this organization which is a non-profit regions bank boycott them tell your friends they're a bank chain in the midwest and and uh southeast like kind of the middle of the country middle midwest and it like the what do they call that area i think it's in like illinois and down to like louisiana kind of that quadrant of the country and then there was a church across the street from the ashitala's home that was burned down i don't know if you guys remember like last year in st louis there was a church that got burned down just like crazy cuz usually that makes the national news when a church gets burned up right and it's obvious it's arson well that yeshatellas were trying to buy it for the uhuru movement to use for the uhuru movement cuz it was a derelict church but apparently somebody didn't want that oh and that's the other thing the county had had um 
approved a $36,000 grant to support the black owned and run radio station that they've been running. They pulled the grant funding after the raid and recently have like, so there's, uh, they're being attacked on all fronts and, and the black power blueprint has continued even with all of the shenanigans going on. They've continued the retaliation against the Uhuru theory comes even as the, this is an article on tag, tag24.com, even as the international legal obligation of reparations has gained wider acceptance within the Democratic Party. St. Louis Mayor Tishara Jones signed an executive order to create a local reparations task force in December 2022 at the federal level to demand for a reparations commission is growing louder with record levels of support for HR 40 and the introduction of Representative Cori Bush's new reparations now resolution. While these developments, if implemented, could bring some material improvements for black Americans, Hess does not believe they will be fundamentally they will fundamentally alter the current structures of oppression unless they come with wider political change. What we have to do if we want to change the environment is to change is to fight for African, indigenous, and other peoples to have control over their lives and the and the end of this system as it exists. There can't be a slave and slave master in one happy system. It just doesn't work that way because one exists at the expense of the other, Hess said. In the meantime, the APSP, that's the African People's Socialist Party, and Uhuru Movement are not waiting for the results of a panel to do the work they see as necessary to addressing gentrification and segregation in St. Louis, where the city government has a track record of divesting from black communities. The Uhuru movement's black power blueprint seeks to fill the gap left by the municipal government with initiatives by and for North St. Louis residents, black residents, including murals, a basketball court, a farmer's market, housing for the formerly incarcerated, and a doula training program. There was a doula training program uh, scheduled to go to start the morning of the raid. So that didn't actually get done. But the the interesting thing it was that I, so I, went up, I walked up by Lake Merritt in Oakland up to the Grand Lake Theater where they had um, some people there with some flyers and some signs and chants and it wasn't a big group of people but it was kind of called last minute and I took a whole stack of flyers and actually on my way back home 
assaulted people as I was walking back home along the lake on a beautiful afternoon. Because what's somebody gonna? What's the worst somebody gonna do? And just say, do you know about the U Hoover three? And people are usually curious enough to like, what do you like? Well, that sounds kind of in. It's it, it's a catchy Uhuru, you know, is a is a nice word. And and let me let me play a few of these clips that I that I spent so much time putting together. Because what is the Uhuru movement? And and you know, yeah, we don't want persecution of anyone, but. But let me give you a little bit more of an idea and a little more of a flavor of what it is, Uhuru is. So here's um here's one. This is this is from the podcast. I put this there. This podcast is linked in the show notes. It's called Fortress on a Hill, the podcast, and it's um it's an interview with Jesse. Neville, one of the Uhuru three. What the Uhuru movement is and what the African People's Socialist Party is and what my involvement is. So Uhuru Uhuru is a Swahili word that means freedom. And the Uhuru movement refers to a a global movement led by the African People's Socialist Party, which is a revolutionary party of the African working class identifying African people as one people, whether they are in the United States or in Africa, or in the Bahamas, or in Europe, or the UK, or anywhere else around the world. They have been forcibly dispersed by colonialism and slavery. And the African People's Socialist Party was founded in 1972 by its chairman, Omali Yeshitela, who had prior to that had been a part of the civil rights struggle, the Black Liberation Movement. He was a prominent leader of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee in the South in Florida, And after being jailed for two and a half years, almost three years, for courageously carrying out an act of civil disobedience and going into the St. Petersburg City Hall in 1966 and tearing down from the wall this hideously racist mural portraying Black people as caricatures and in a monstrous fashion, he tore down that mural and uh, was jailed for almost three years. And when he was Uh, came back out into the streets to organize, he formed something called the Junta of Militant Organizations, JOMO, which then uh, merged with two other organizations in 1972 to form the African People's Socialist Party. And 1972 was significant because this would have been not very long after the COINTELPRO program of the FBI and the U.S. government had effectively destroyed the Black Revolution of the 1960s. And Chairman O'Malley Chatella's goal with the founding of the African People's Socialist Party was to rebuild and complete the Black Revolution of the 1960s. So that is what the chairman has set out to do. That is what he has dedicated his life to for the past 60 years. And in 1976, Chairman O'Malley Chatella and the African People's Socialist Party formed an organization under their leadership called the African People's Solidarity Committee with the purpose of organizing white people to stand in solidarity with the African revolution and basically to extend the African liberation struggle into the white population. 
and call upon white people to face the truth about this social system, this country, this government, and our relationship to it. And the fact that th this country was built on the enslavement of African people, the assault on Africa, the invasion of Africa by Europeans, transforming African people into commodities for sale, the first commodities of capitalism, inflicting genocide against the native people of this land, slaughtering up to 100 million indigenous people and uh, stealing their land and forcing the, the survivors into concentration camps that we euphemistically refer to as reservations and creating what the chairman calls a colonial mode of production in which everything we have access to as white people, everything, all of the resources and wealth and even ideas and knowledge that we have access to have, have come as a consequence of pillage and rape and lynchings and slavery and war in the US and around the world that we have participated in, that we have been complicit in. And therefore, the way for white people to, to divorce ourselves from this history and begin a new chapter in history that is not based on oppression and exploitation, but based on solidarity with oppressed peoples, solidarity with African and exploited peoples of the world who are fighting to end their oppression is to fight for reparations, unity through reparations to African people. That is the slogan and that, that is the work that the Solidarity Committee has done. Penny Hess, who is the chair of the African People's Solidarity Committee has been a part of this organization since 1976. And I have the honor to chair our mass organization, the Uhuru Solidarity Movement, which now exists in 144 cities throughout the US where white people are taking a stand for reparations and white solidarity with black power under the leadership of the African working class, the African People's Socialist Party and the African Revolution. So that's, that was Jesse Neville. He's one of the Uhuru Three who's currently under indictment. Um, what I'm going to play next is a is a clip. It's about a little little over eight minutes long, and it's um, it's about the the raid that happened on July twenty ninth, twenty twenty two. And it's from uh, a really great podcast that's also linked in the show notes called Black Power Talks. Uh, and I think it's produced at the radio station that lost the grant recently. Handsoffuhuru.org is the best place to get first-hand information. That's where all of it goes. You can also follow Chairman Amali Yashitala on Twitter. But really, going to handsoffuhuru.org is the best place to start. And if you notice on that website, there's a spot that says emergency response. If you click that, um, you can sign up to be on an email and text notification system so that if when there are events or they need um, thing they need some support 
um, they can get they can reach you. I haven't found I haven't found my inbox full of junk. Just FYI. But this is from Black Power Talks. All occupants in the FBI have a federal warrant for this address. You come out now with your hands up and you Five o'clock this morning, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI, raided my house. We were alerted of their presence uh, by a, a loudspeaker demanding that anybody in the house where we lived uh, here in St. Louis uh, come out with our hands up with nothing in our hands. This is the FBI. All come out now, your hands up, and nothing in your hands. Keep your hands up. We were just sitting in the house at 5 a.m. in the morning talking like we normally t talk. And the next thing we knew, we heard someone say, everyone come out with your hands up. And then we had heard all these flash bombs go off. At the same time they were talking uh, over the loudspeaker, uh, flash bang grenades were going off uh, throughout uh, the neighborhood. They had broken a window downstairs uh, in the basement in the house. They had broken uh, in the house next door, the apartment next door. They had smashed the door in. And when I opened the door, uh, going down the stairs, a drone uh, came into the door. When I get outside, uh, what I see is that there is an armored vehicle in front of the house. Uh, there are uh, combat clad uh, FBI agents all over the place carrying automatic weapons. Uh, chairman went out first and then I came out. As I was coming out, this big old drone met me coming down the stairs, you know, like it was going to attack me. And they handcuffed um, myself and the chairman and started, you know, asking us questions, which we didn't answer. They refused to show me a search warrant. Uh, but of course they had the guns and so they had the guns and they were able to enter and occupy my house for uh, several hours. They stole my phone, they stole my computer. Thieves came in and used flash bang grenades to terrorize this entire community and stole some material from us uh, under the color of law. It's a colonial law that we're looking at. All occupants, this is the FBI. You have a federal warrant for this address. Come out now. At the same time this was going on, they raided the Uhura House our office in St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, they used uh, the battering rams, they, they knocked uh, in the door. Uh, they raided the radio station that we have uh, in St. Petersburg, Florida, Black Power 96.3 uh, 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 FM. They also went to the home uh, or the residence of the uh, person, the young woman who is the leader of our organization that's responsible for uh, much of the agitation and propaganda, our information uh, institutions, instruments, organization, our newspaper, The Burning Spear, they went and knocked on her door. They told her the lie that her car uh, was being broken into and that she needed to come outside. And she, they used that as the means of tricking her outside of the house so that they could steal her cell phone and, and what have you, and detain her momentarily for a while there. They didn't just block off the Uhuru House. I mean, they made it impossible for you to like drive down um, 18th Avenue South where the Uhuru House is and 
they had tents up, you know, they didn't want you to see what it, what it was they were doing. And when you were talking about like the response from the community, I mean, even though they prevented us from being able to communicate um, with the African community through like our radio station, you know, Africans had seen, they saw what was happening and, you know, we were getting all kinds of calls of support and, you know, asking, you know, like questions like, is it on, you know, do, do we need to come? Um, they had a press conference at the police station, the, the St. Petersburg uh, p- uh, police station, and they wouldn't let us into the press conference. Um, so we, uh, a group of us literally had our ear to the door, listening to the press conference. And um, uh, it was, it was really a sight to behold. We were, we were leaning into the, the door and we could hear, you know, what it is that they were uh, saying, um, you know, about, you know, the basis of, uh, of what it is that, you know, the same things that they have in this indictment uh, paper. And um, they had opened it up for questions from the media. And one person from the media goes, is this legal? And they shut the questions down. They stopped <laughs> answering questions. They say, we're not taking questions at this time. The Uhuru Solidarity Center, which is organizing for white reparations to African people under the leadership of the African People's Socialist Party, was, as was mentioned, attacked this morning as part of this FBI assault on the struggle of Black people for freedom and self-determination. Uh, they came in at 5 a.m. at the same time that they attacked this house and the other uh, sites mentioned. And with uh, FBI, as well as local police, county police, uh, upwards of uh, around 30 uh, different officers broke through the front door of the apartment, which is upstairs at the Solidarity Center with a battering ram, and uh, put myself and the other person who lives there, who's also part of the organization, in handcuffs and had uh, at least six or seven assault rifles pointed at us when they brought us out of the building. Then they took five and a half to six hours to uh, ransack both the Solidarity Center downstairs and the apartment upstairs and took computers, cell phones, hard drives, files, notebooks, uh, and a whole long list of things. They uh, took a battering ram. They also had drones. They brought out two people who live upstairs from the Solidarity Center down also in handcuffs with uh, assault rifles at their heads. And uh, they, they took hours going through both the center, the public part, and, that, and their house. And they came also came to our house in uh, South St. Louis as well. They came at 5 a.m., uh, broke down our door, broke the door, came in, searched everything, took our computers and phones. Even if they had a legitimate warrant, like they said, all they gotta do is knock on the door. No knock. No knocks on my brother Fred Hampson, bullet holes all over the place. No knocks on my brother Michael Harrison, jammed a shotgun against his skull. For my protection, who's gonna protect me from you? The likes of you, the nerve of you, to talk that face to face, your tomato face, deadpan, your deadpan, deadening another freedom plan. No knocking, head rocking, into shocking, shooting, cussing, killing, crying, lying, and being white. But if you're wise, no knocker, you'll tell your no knocking lackeys, ha, no knock on my brother's head, no knock on my sister's head, no knock on my brother's head, no knock on my sister's head, and double lock your door.
no knocking. Ha, ha, for you. No knock. That was Gil Scott Heron. No knock. So that's the that's the story for the uh, how they you know they really could have just knocked really. But I do want to bring it to um, the principles of unity, which is um, this is on the Hands Off Uhuru Hands Off Africa website, which is under the direction of the African People's Socialist Party. And and I would just say of, of the different organizations I've come in contact with that aren't political parties, this one feels like the one that, that moves me. And let me read the seven principles because I think that it's it's there are lots of things to recommend it. And I'm happy to have that conversation at some point if somebody's interested. But let me read the principles of unity because nobody's a saint, you know, there's and there's definitely agitation and there's reason for the agitation. Good reason. So there's seven basic principles of unity developed for the Hands Off Uhuru, Hands Off Africa defense campaign. Number one, Hands Off Uhuru, Hands Off Africa defense is led by the African People's Socialist Party. Number two, we unite with the right of African people to advocate and organize for the unification, liberation, and self-determination of Africa and African people. Number three, we denounce the FBI slash U.S. government attacks on the African liberation movement historically and currently. Number four, we demand that the U.S. government drop the threat of any charges against any member of the African People's Socialist Party, the Uhuru Movement, and those named and implied in the indictment and warrants. Number five, we demand the return of all confiscated property to the Uhuru Movement and compensation for damages and payment for reparations for the attacks. Number six, we demand an end to FBI surveillance and infiltration of the Uhuru Movement and release all documents and release of all documents on the Uhuru Movement since the 1960s. Number seven, we denounce the assault on the anti-colonial activity and programs of the African People's Socialist Party Uhuru Movement, such as the Black Power Blueprint and other economic institutions and projects. And then it says, if you unite with these principles of unity, you can sign up. So that's, and that's something that I've done because I think that all of those things are important. Um, the, I do recommend if you're, if you're a podcast listener, there, there is, some there are some really good, um, here's, here's the information about, 
Um, it's important for us to know that these attacks on July 29th didn't just start on July 29th. We can look back at July 2nd, um, when 27 days before the FBI raid, um, the, you know, we had somebody come out in broad daylight and torch the red, black, and green flag that hangs proud, that waves proudly in front of the Uhuru House in St. Petersburg, Florida. This was one attack. Next. Then, of course, the July 29 attacks, but then on September 2022, a petition that had been circulating around that gathered more than 130,000 signatures was wiped clean from, from, from change.org. This is the petition of people who united with and agreed that, that they, just like we, wanted to charge Africans charging the United States with genocide. Next slide. Then on October 31st, the unlawful arrest of an, of an Uhura movement member, um, Timba Shabanda, who was, um, you know, who was arrested on these, you know, quote unquote, making terroristic threats, only to only to find out that this was just another attempt for the state to, you know, you know, bring somebody in and try to cause division and to neutralize, you know, the movement and to get false information from this comrade. Uh, next slide. Then we have on December 22nd, many of you were at that meeting where we had to call an emergency meeting to, to gather and rally forces for the threats of pending indictments on our co on unindicted co-conspirators, learning that indictments were looming and expected in early January, 2023. Then in January 7th, um, as the party was in the, uh, you know, the Black Power Blueprint, which is, you know, one of the many programs of the African People's Socialist Party was in the process of purchasing this church that you see that's literally on flames, an inferno across the street from the chairman's home in the impoverished north side of St. Louis, Missouri, a, um, a, a building that we were in the process of purchasing to expand our programs was was burned. This was clearly in in, in arson, um, you know, case, there's, there's, you know, clues of that. It's very clear. But again, this is just another attack. And then on February 14th, you know, how else can imperialism show its love to African people and, and to the African working class community by, um, by the way, of the Pinellas, Pinellas County in, um, in St. Petersburg, Florida, who revoked a grant, a $36,000 grant that was going towards Black Power um, 96 radio, which they had applied for and were one of, of over 50 or so applicants and were the top applicants of this grant and were just completely revoked in a private meeting that was not on the agenda, that was not announced to the public and they voted to rescind this grant. So the Hands Off Uhuru, Hands Off Africa defense campaign is, um, is calling on, on anybody who unites with just the basic principles that you unite with the right for African people to organize, to advocate for the liberation and unification and self-determination of Africa and African people. That's what, this, that's, what, um, that's what came under attack. The work that the African People's Socialist Party and our supporters, the movement has been doing to unite African people as a globally dispersed colonized people. If you denounce the FBI and the government attacks, if you demand that the U.S. drops the threats of all these charges and you demand the end of surveillance and, and these assaults on the anti-colonial activity of the Uhura movement and the African People's Socialist Party, you need to be a part of this campaign. You need to go and sign the petition, which lists these exact things at handsoffuhuru.org slash petition right now. As the chairman says, we are not retreating. We are building. And the African people's, you know, the African liberation struggle will be redeemed in this period in history right now through this counteroffensive right here. So we, we have to understand that this will change everything. And, and, and as we say, there are many ways that, that you can get involved. So we're gonna to talk to you also about what you can do. Um, and, and you're gonna learn more about that in tonight's meeting. But one thing that you can do right now 
is um, if you haven't already, is go to handsoffrohuru.org, click the button that says emergency response and sign up for the emergency response tab. Many of you are here tonight because you did that and you received that alert to be here on tonight so that we can mobilize if the US government or the FBI lays a finger on Chairman Omali Eshetela. And they've done that through these economic sanctions that, um, that, that we will talk more about today. So go to handsoffuhuru.org and join the emergency response. Well, not to be an infomercial for the Huru movement. If you would like to call in, I'm more than happy to have some conversation if you have questions. I also have um, more clips if you'd like to hear um, about the more about the the, the, um, the Black Power Blueprint in St. Louis or more about the indictment of of Russians. Welcome, Omar. Hey, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> I'm glad um, you rescheduled it and it worked out. Me too. So what do you think? really infuriating because I mean that FBI has this long history of doing this of sabotaging infiltrating demonizing social movements and now we have this um, denomination of being a terrorist that's been expanding like throughout the years there, there was a you probably heard about this. Um, the DHS uh, put out some document maybe about three years ago that went into uh, this new terminologist, new buzz phrase, domestic violent extremists. And if you look at the all the definitions, all the people that, that are covered by that, it includes activist groups. And there's no violence. And it says so much that they consider anybody who's challenging this oppressive, racist, colonialist system that we have as extremists. I mean, that just goes to show you how how uh, <laughs> reactionary, like the society has become, the government, and how threatened. Like how, uh, I've been... yeah, that's, it feels so weird that they would think people who think like that are a threat. I, yeah. I mean, it, it, it is a, it, there's like the, the framing of it. That's that I want to separate the framing of it that, that is presented to the general public to justify what is done. And then there are people who know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what's at stake, and it's about money, usually, like about profit, about not challenging the prison industrial complex that uses slave labor, uh, mostly on Black communities, um, and 
you know, there's so much profit there. It's, it's about money. It's about business. And how is that different from the fucking mafia, the mobs? Like, it's just business, right? But they <laughs> justify all kinds of oppressive things. Just to make a buck. They legalize uh, things. They legalize all sorts of oppressive things because yeah. they can. Yeah, right? That, that framing of like, well, it's the law is such a simplistic uh, framing to appeal to people who have a very primitive sense of morality because it, like, we're supposed to think that the law is a proxy for what's right and wrong, but who writes the laws, who lobbies for certain laws, like who's benefiting from them. It doesn't equate to morality. Like we, we got to stop using that kind of framing about this is illegal. They're criminals or that they're this. It's about a deeper understanding of what's right and wrong. What, what is, you know, humanity, what is, who's included in as if full human. Um, as if the, we should be excluding people at all. Exactly. exactly. Nobody should be excluded from humanity. But we do. We have these tiers of humanity. And you have the, I mean, I don't think that they think that they're connected to Russians. I don't think they're, they actually think that they're terrorists. I, I sent you an invitation to speak. Did you see it? Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, like I think that, I mean, just the framing that these people, these black people, descendants of you know, Africans um, are taking orders from Russia. I mean, who's who's going to accept that but accept people who are all have internalized this racist notion that you know black people can't have their own political will and and analysis and 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 and, and grievances and critique like it's, but they know they know better like people who are per, per pushing these policies know better it's just a just framed in a way to appeal to the already racist uh, people that are out there. <laughs> right. Or or the not thinking people for sure. But, but like, walk down this road with me for a second. Like, so we're supposed to believe that that, so if there's people out there that I talk to. So let's say, so maybe they're not worried about people who actually think that this story is some bullshit story that there's conspiring, right? Like, that's so obviously not true. That, like, if you were to be a person who would want to convince me it was true, what are you going to say? I mean, it's that bad of a story. What are you going to say? So, so try and convince me that it's not true. Can you can you think of anything? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because because like theoretically, if it was true, 
that would be an argument you could make, right? That they were that they were colluding with Russian uh, with the Russian government to right. undermine. Yeah, the whole like, uh, and it's so painful. Like I'm, I'm I get so angry that I see Kamala Harris and uh, was it Susan Rice. This kind of stuff saying like oh black lives matter is not a thing it's it's out of the russian playbook that we're that they're trying to what russian choke. playbook that they're yeah exactly to... it's projection what? it's projection they do oh. these things in other countries and they're pointing the finger at at others um because it's it's projection it's so clear anybody who knows re- the real history of what the U.S. Has, was founded on and has done throughout the ages, knows that it's projection. They project so much at other countries. It 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 does, and it, and it's it's like kind of painful to see it happen over and over again. Maybe that's part of it, but also like I think that never before have I been able to be connected with other people that's that kind of see it that way. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. Are we all crazy? No. <laughs> <laughs> we're not. I mean, we're, we've kept ourselves informed. We're aware. We're, and most people don't look deeply into this. Even, you know, my own best friend, I've had to give uh, him background about, you know, what's happening uh, with Russia what's happening with with the two the uni party um and he's a very intelligent person but it's you follow your interests and you you know you spend your you get informed yeah and your time pursuing like the knowledge that you pursue is is what you start to understand you connect the dots and there's so much background that all the dots that need to be connected in order to have this substantive analysis of what's going on, you need to spend the time to do this. Yeah. And and people do, and some people don't because either it doesn't affect them directly. And so they're not mobilized to, to think about these things, to inform themselves. And so they just passively receive all these messages that that are that keep on indoctrinating them well it's hard when there isn't somebody in your life that you trust that will push back and that's part of what i like about that that this this movement the um hands off uhuru did an interesting thing that i've only seen on one other so, so, uh, uh, no, I guess, I guess more than one other. I just, I really like it when an organization is having an event and they like list all the cities and at the end of the list of all the cities, it has an invitation to host one in your town. Not like a difficult thing or like something that's like a, like a haphazard, but like a big friendly didn't see your town up there. Why not do one? Why not organize one and make it easy with all kinds? I mean, it made it easy with all kinds of 
things to download that made it easy to print on eight and a half by 11 paper so that you could do it in your town. And then you take the pictures of you and a couple of people standing there with signs and send it in. And those start to build up a large library of people in, in different places, but are connected through something important. That's why I signed up for the emergency response. Cause I think those kinds of connections are important. And the free yeah. speech is important. That's what this one is. Yeah. I don't agree with Kim Iverson on, on everything. She's got some interesting takes on some stuff, but she did a really great interview with Chairman Yashitali that wasn't um, just like a repeating of the it was a really substantive discussion of free speech and the threat that that this could create this could be a precedent to something more that and and people are already kind of touchy about getting involved in certain things because of the the risk involved because they're worried about what and they, I'm going to lose my job if I'm standing out here with a Black Lives Matter sign. Maybe. Depends on where you live, I suppose. But that shouldn't be. This is supposed to be free speech land. <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to have like the strongest um, free speech amendment in the world. That's not, that's not the, the, how it's carried out. Um, and I, I think I've referenced this before, but I'm going to bring it up again, that um, when Abby Martin had her show breaking the set, um, I watched this interview with this, uh, he's an academic. Um, I don't know what he's doing now. Uh, I think his name is Nafiz Ahmed. Uh, he's British. And he was... There was an interview from 2014 where he talked about this uh, government program called the Minerva Initiative. And it was funding and weaponizing social science research to basically uh, study ways uh, that, I mean, the, the cover, the, the framing was that they're trying to see like how people get radicalized but it was weaponizing social science research to basically infiltrate, to stop, to sabotage social movements. Um, and uh, there's a Guardian article. Yeah, yeah. And I've looked it up and it's still an ongoing project. And it's really shameful because, I mean, I come from the social science uh discipline and it's it's shameful to see people in that field um i mean it, it's also a state of academic research right now that a bunch of funds have dried up and the people who are funding research are corporations and and the military so this is a dod program uh that's weaponizing social science research right 
and this and and the Uhuru movement in St. Louis is a threat to the 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 establishment somehow. And so we've got a we've got a situation where um they're being accused of something rather rather crazy. And and it doesn't seem like it, it seems like with with all the various things happening i see on the ground what they've been able to do let me play a couple of these clips about about what they actually have been able to do in st louis and 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 a little bit about the Russian indictment, because I really want to make sure um, I want to give you as 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 much information without having to go and listen to all of those podcasts, which I do recommend. But I've I've crammed all of the all of this um, in the last couple of days, but I think it's really critically important. And I want I want to I want you to hear more from from the people who have been indicted and and what they're saying because that's this is a story that it 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 does come from all of those big things and and down and I appreciate Omar don't go nowhere let's let's hear a little bit more though I want to make sure we give a full story here The St. Petersburg, Florida Uhuru House Black Community Center that was raided by the FBI on July 29th has served the city's historically Black South Side for decades with self-reliance programs, including a licensed kitchen, an events venue, free holiday activities for families, a fitness gym, free HIV testing, health fairs, outdoor marketplaces for local vendors, and for the past five years, Black Power 96.3 FM radio, our non-commercial radio station that provides local community access to the airwaves and to free professional broadcasting training. The Solidarity Center that was just raided in St. Louis on July 29th is headquarters to the organization of white people working under the leadership of the African People's Socialist Party to raise reparations to fund the World Movement's community development program known as the Black Power Blueprint. The Black Power Blueprint was launched following the police killing of Mike Brown in 2014 and is transforming the city's devastated Black community on the north side with programs including a community garden, outdoor venue, workforce housing for the formerly incarcerated, a neighborhood basketball court, a bakery cafe, a women's health center, and a doula training program. Another recent TV report broadcast on the Fox affiliate in St. Louis acknowledged the value of the Black Power Blueprint to local Black community revival. Later in the day of the FBI raids on the offices and homes of leaders of the African People's Socialist Party and the Uhura Movement, the U.S. Department of Justice issued an indictment of a Russian national, charging him with waging an influence campaign to sow division and spread misinformation in the U.S. African People's Socialist Party Chairman Mali Shetela had this to say. They're saying that somehow the Russians are using the African People's Socialist Party and the Uhuru movement to bring disregard uh, to their 
democratic institutions, and that's why they attack our house, which is ridiculous uh, in its face for a number of reasons. Number one, if they were interested in dealing with anybody that was giving a bad taste to anybody in the world about U.S. elections, then they would have had to deal, first of all, with the fact that a mob of white people, apparently supported by the majority of white people in this country, given money by huge corporations uh, who exist in this country, tried to overthrow the government on January 6th. Not a single flashbang bomb is just a, an absolute nefarious uh, lie that they are constructed. This charge that somehow Russia was interfering through us against honest and noble elections in the United States government where they used to kill us for even trying to register to vote where some of the most significant leaders of black people came to be known by the world because they faced police dogs, bombings, and stuff like that.
can you hear me? Okay, can you hear me now? Thank you, thank you, thank you. How how much did you hear? Did, how long ago did I lose you? I think there was just maybe a like a minute of oh, okay. somebody speaking, and then it cut up. Yeah. Okay. All right. So they were talking about the. Um, Later in the day of the FBI raid, after the FBI, it, so you only heard about a minute. Okay, so I think this is about where we were. Trying to register to vote right? for some of the most significant leaders of black people came to be known by the world because they faced, yeah, attack in this okay. noble U.S. government in this electoral process through the African People's Socialist Party. It is the most number of reasons. Number one, if they were interested in dealing with anybody that was giving a bad taste to anybody in the world about U.S. elections, then they would have had to deal, first of all, with the fact that a mob of white people, apparently supported by the majority of white people in this country, given money by huge corporations uh, who exist in this country tried to overthrow the government on January 6th. Not a single flashbang bomb. It's just a, an absolute nefarious uh, lie that they are constructed. This charge that somehow Russia was interfering through us against honest and noble elections in the United States government where they used to kill us for even trying to register to vote for some of the most significant leaders of black people came to be known by the world because they faced police dogs 
bombings and stuff like that in order to vote. And somehow Russia is attacking this noble U.S. government in this electoral process through the African People's Socialist Party. This is the most ridiculous charge, the most ridiculous claim. <laughs> if they were serious about interference in elections in this country, there are more than 400 bills in state legislatures today. 400, more than 400, that are based on limiting the voting ability of black people in this country. Right now, and there are 18 states that have already enacted laws making it harder for black people to vote. Right now, 18 states. Joe Biden put 100,000 policemen in the streets of this country, killing black people all around the country. The U.S. government did that. And so they want to make us instruments of the Russians because we complain about it. But black people have been complaining about our treatment forever. And you can go back for 50 years and you will not find a single change in the politic and the position of the African People's Socialist Party regarding our relationship uh, to the United States. So now suddenly we are supposed to become uh, tools of Russia like black people don't have minds of our own to be able to define what our reality is and who's responsible for it. They killed Malcolm. They got rid of Garvey. They put him in prison. They killed Lumumba. They killed Nkrumah. They, they killed Martin Luther King and what have you. And then in, the, in this desert that they created of leadership, they make an assumption that they can tell black people anything and that we don't have the ability to respond. But we do. And that's something that everybody should be clear of and you should be clear of. And because the African People's Social Party has been working for 50 years. We've created institutions, organizations, committees that span the globe and inside the United States. We've taken on every contradiction that we are afflicted with as a people. Ideological, what is the philosophy? What do you believe in? We've, we've created a philosophy that speaks to what happens to African people and to peoples of the world. And that's something that has been providing leadership, not only for black people in this country, but other oppressed peoples around the world. That's the problem that they have uh, as well with the African People's Social Party. We created the African National Women's Organization. We created the International People's Democratic World Movement to fight against the assault on so-called democracy of black people here. We are the ones who have created the African Socialist International. So the struggle of African people is not something they've been able to confine uh, to black people in the United States, but we've connected it around the world. That's who we provide leadership for. That's what the United States government is fighting against. That's what they fear, even in the face of everybody being able to see an obvious decline of white power and the United States government is the chief hegemon of white power in the world. That's what we are contending with. And I wanted you to know that and to have some access to a different narrative than, than what is being imposed on people by the United States government and by the U.S.-led uh, media who gets this news and information from handouts from U.S. government uh, institutions, the FBI, uh, the so-called Justice Department. Okay, I'm going to grab an, another clip. As long as I can see that we're still, we still have sound, it looks like. So the next clip is um, of Chairman Omali Yeshitala at the Solidarity Center in St. Louis. Chairman Omali Yeshitala spoke to a gathering of white supporters at the Uhura Solidarity Center in St. Louis. 
one of the buildings that had been invaded and ransacked by FBI agents. To say that this has happened from some external force is extraordinarily disingenuous on the one hand, uh, but it also is something that attacks your support because much of what I'm talking about has been a consequence of the reparations that you have given to this movement mm -hmm. to try and repair the damage that white power has done historically to black people uh, in this country and around the world. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important for us to grapple with that. In the 1960s, so many black people were killed, murdered by this government. Panthers, uh, I used to go to jail so often, I would have to read the newspapers to find out where I was. I was in and out, in and out, jails, prisons, and stuff like that, just to try to organize uh, people. There's no record in my history of ever being engaged in robberies, I've never tried to bribe anybody uh, like a black office holder did here in St. Louis to say, if you pay us some money, a black older person, if you pay us some money, then I will help you do what needs to be done here. We didn't pay money. We organized our community and we organized you. We didn't have to pay him. We got resources from you. You paid reparations. That's what they hate. That's what they don't want to see happen. Mm -hmm. They want us to have some obsolete narrative yeah. that suggests that the contradiction that we have is biological. Mm -hmm. That white people are this and black okay. people are that. And there's no biological divide. There's no biological divide here. What we are engaged in is a contradiction that has its basis in political and politics and economy. And the politics are informed by the economic relationships that we have with you, yes. that we have with white people, that we have with this country and the world. And so what we see is an econ economy of parasitism that yes. sucks the life, sucks the blood from Africa, from the Americas, from black people here in this country. And then there's a politic, there's a philosophy that excuses that, mm -hmm. that justifies that and what have you. And then what we've done is we've penetrated that. Yes. You've penetrated that. Mm -hmm. You've become a part of this response that says that we don't accept that. Mm -hmm. So that's that's what's so critically important. Mm -hmm. And they don't want that. They want to maintain this black-white divide. No matter what else they say, they want to maintain that.
and kill those people in Kent State, but right. they thought there was going to be a white real revolution because right. white people were able to respond to that. Right. What we're saying is there's one struggle, and the whole struggle rests upon the foundation of a colonial domination of Just check in here. Did you want to say anything about that uh, clip? And make sure we still have sound. Hello. I can't hear you, Omar. Are you talking? Are you asking me? Yeah. I mean, that. <laughs> I mean, what he's saying is damning, uh, and that's what's threatening, is that we can't continue to ingest this propagandistic, um, chauvinistic history that we've been force-fed, like a lot of us, and... Acknowledging that across, you know, racial lines, people, some people are kind of coming together. That's threatening. Um, (laughs) It it speaks for itself that that analysis is so thorough. It's so damning. It's substantive. uh, And that that's you know that is threatens capital it threatens it's pretty good all grift. Kinds of, it's a pretty yeah. good grift yeah and i mean that as like because that's really what you got to do is you got to get people to believe in whatever it is that you're selling it's a good one yeah and that's what it kills me when i hear People like Marianne Williamson talking in a very kind of, of uh, kind of lauding founding fathers uh, of this country. Yeah, and it's just to me, it's just not based on on history. It's not based on the history that you hear Gerald Horn talk about, uh, Chris Hedges, um, Howard Zinn. Uh, that's that's the real history is that it was a counter revolution against England because there were already rumblings in London about ending the slave trade, about stopping expansion across native lands and the, the aristocrats (laughs) fathers did not like that. Uh, And it goes back to profit again. It goes back to money. It goes back to to material uh, reasons why they they were opposed, and yet they're they're framed as these visionaries, as these saints. The Constitution is propped up like some sacred text uh, that you know other countries revise every so often, uh, and it, it's just this this chauvinistic adulation of these people who basically looked after themselves and didn't care if you were if you were african indigenous woman poor unlanded 
sometimes Irish. <laughs> it's just. It's kind of the I got mine, fuck you. Yeah, and that's still in this. That's still in this culture. That is still this really toxic part of this con- this country. Is that individualist, rugged individualism? Uh, that I mean, who knows if, if you can say it's by design, but that's how it's turned out to be. That people don't trust each other they 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 assume the worst uh like they say they frame things in terms of people wanting free stuff and not pulling themselves up by their own bootstraps and you have the protestant work ethic uh which which kind of gets into like this calvinist predetermination of like people who are blessed and those who are cursed by god uh and so you're supposed to make all kinds of inferences about these people's worth and about their their morality it's just and it's and it's alive and and it's so alive in this in this culture and it's and it's negative (laughs) It, it it and it's so frustrating like to figure out how to swim upstream but like like there's gotta be a different way to figure out because here's the thing, like, like, I don't hear Republicans talking about, like, what's the whole point of it? But is really, what is the, I mean, why should we have, like, a government that we vote for? Like, like, let's go back. Maybe we're not, maybe we're not asking the right question yet. <laughs> we're trying to apply a, a solution to one symptom and not to to look at further into what is more likely the problem. Like, I don't think anybody's coming to save us. We just got to get a better storyline. And, and the act of voting, it just feels like it's some machine with a lever that has nothing inside of it. You're just, you're, Right. Just pulling it's on it. And and it's just it's yeah, it's satisfying because you feel like you have some sort of political efficacy in and and that your will matters. It translates to some something real and it doesn't. I mean there's that Not there's that study from print. If you can get a yeah. group of people you can might be able to do something. Yeah. Uh, there's that study uh, from Princeton uh, that looked at all the policy outcomes and how they related to uh, popular opinion and versus what donors wanted. And the, more often than not, the it, it swung in in, in the direction of what the donors. Direction of the people did it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. I don't know how many what the percentage was again, but maybe it, it's just a, <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's a farce. It's a farce. And you, we point at other countries saying like, Oh, look at how corrupt they are. Look at, we're going to teach them about democracy. What, what does democracy mean? There, there should be a TM right, right after democracy because it's some sort of, it's a product that we've been sold, but it doesn't necessarily mean we talk in all these terms 
that, you know, we, we think we know what they mean, like national interest, national security, and whose interest, who's the nation here, like everyday people, or is it the interest of the, the wealthy and corporations? Because right. like Mitt Romney said, people are, are <laughs> corporations are people too, my friend. Yeah, this is the problem. But this is part of what I appreciate about the solution that's offered and actually working on the ground already with um, the Uhuru movement. And I just want to plug the handsoffuhuru.org again for folks. Um, <clears throat> and, I, and I do have a, a couple of, a couple of more, um, I want to, there's one more um, interview with uh, Chairman Amali Yashatila. Um, I, I had a very good experience having these little half-page flyers on my way home in Oakland here, walking by Lake Merritt and just striking up a conversation with some different different vendors that are out there with their tents and at the farmer's market and then other vendors by the lake and a kid that was trying to get money for his basketball team. I gave him one and kind of explained it's really easy to kind of, I mean, people are curious. What does Uhuru mean? That doesn't sound threatening. It sounds good. And it turns out it is because it means freedom. Here's one more uh, little gem from Amali. I mean, maybe Amali Yeshatila should be running for president. No, let's not damn him to something stupid like that. <laughs> he would actually demolish the intelligence, right? Yeah, I'm after him. <laughs> oh, you know, they're already coming after. And, you know, this is the thing. It's that intimidation factor that he's not he's not ducking when they're trying to what they're trying to do is intimidate people and stop people from causing problems, quote unquote, causing problems or rising up because they saw what happened in 2020. They're not dumb. This is the story. So finding organizations that like the Black Panthers, like like Uhuru on the ground, doing work, speaking to something that I can believe in. Good morning, again, family. I guess he's Chairman Amali. I should tell from the African People's Socialist Party. Chairman Amali is considered one of the most powerful proponents of African liberation movement of the African liberation movement. That's probably why they're after him. Oh, thank you so much. I just want to say that. People around the world can see uh, something very serious is happening in terms of a transformation of the whole political and economic configuration of the world. That's happening independent of the existence of the African People's Socialist Party and Omalia Shetela. I think the thing that we do uh, is give coherence and direction to the struggle of our people for liberation. We are about the liberation of black people. And we're not trying to deliver African people up to be slaves to anyone, anyone anymore. So it, it's not about Russia. It's about people's fight to be free and people's determination to be free. 
uh, and it's an assault on African people. That, that's what we're looking at, an attack on black people and its advanced attachment, its vanguard. Uh, that's the point that we really, really must understand to take ourselves seriously and understand our significance uh, as a people and our freedom, the significance, what that means to the ongoing stability of a social system based on slavery and colonialism. And this attack on, on the African People's Socialist Party and the Uhuru movement and me uh, is an attack on black people, but they will spash and destroy everything they can about me and what we do uh, in order to get to our people because of our effectiveness in reorganizing the struggle for black liberation after three generations almost of destruction and murder and assassinations and coups, etc. So there is, <clears throat> when you have a leader of a movement that's, who is a, as, as eloquent and puts things in such real terms, I, I, you could go for hours and I, and we've already been hanging <clears throat> for about an hour and a half, give or take. And I, I really, um, I want to. Do you, is there anything, Omar, you want to, you want to be sure is here? Like any, anything I want to bring up? Yeah, anything you want to say or talk about? Because I'm willing to go longer, too. I want, don't want to shut down a conversation. But, like, what are your thoughts? I think I said most of what I wanted to say that it's um it's been like part of the part of the you know federal government's playbook out of right out of their playbook to sabotage, infiltrate, demonize, persecute, intimidate these movements that are that are trying to you know improve our conditions uh, improve it, abolish. all this oppression that that's been there for hundreds of years. Uh, and there's so much projection that happens. Like I always look for the projection where there's any official statement. I'm like, well, what about, you know, this policy in this country that you're pursuing, like meddling in elections, uh, you, yes, you're an expert in that because that's what you do. Uh, right. You know, infiltrate, setting up all these like astroturf organizations abroad to to undermine democracy in other countries. That's what's you know the the projection that's happening here with with Russia and and people have been primed for it for so long now. If you watched Rachel Maddow and MSNBC for for years, it just rots your brain, uh, and and you have no context for any of the issues that they're talking about. It is it is bonkers, but I think it's incumbent upon people that who are aware to try and because the reality is, the more people and organizations they get can get support from, the more the easier it is to fight back because, you know, it's that, um, 
there's that scene in in Futurama where the the like um, the movie star guy is like, I sent wave after wave of my own men to the killbots. <laughs> Just wave after wave. You know, there's gonna be some that get taken down, but they can't take us all down. And if we're all coming at them together, it's way harder to even just get one of us. So that's like, I think that's the, that for me, that has to be the next thing. I think when I look at in despair at all of the bullshit (laughs) and when I hear somebody who inspires me to, to do that, to be willing to go toward that, that's something that's rare. And so I'm glad to have been able to showcase Amali Yeshitera. I very much hope that people will go to handsoffuhuru.org and find out more. They also have all the media linked. They have really... This is the other thing is that it's been very interesting to see how how they capitalized. I hate to use that word capitalized on on the raid last year to raise the visibility of the message of the organization. And and if you kind of watch the evolution of of the. Uh, media over the last nine or ten months. One, it's insulting they couldn't come up with a better story. The FBI had like nine months and like every piece of evidence they could have wanted to construct whatever narrative they felt like and that's what they came up with. Lame. But also that this is a, this is a the genuine movement that that appears to be a threat. And and if you can help support in any way, you should, because they'll come after you eventually. There will be somebody left to do, become the uh, next enemy. I, I wanted to say something. something that's, I mean, kind of very distantly related, but that uh, new press secretary, um, Corinne Jean-Pierre, I almost like the cynic in me almost feels like they they picked her on purpose because any critique that's that's uh, done uh, of the of the administration, they can try to deflect that and and say that. People are being racist. Oh like no! She's almost like a human shield. And you hesitate to say that that's the case. I, I mean, it could... I, I hesitate because I don't have any concrete evidence. But to me, that's that that seems like a plausible I mean, situation. The, the first Native American ever to serve in the cabinet on the Department of the Interior. I mean. We're all about identity politics. The first black woman vice president. It's part of why I can't be a Democrat. Because that's like so. It makes everybody into a paper doll. 
And who cares about paper dolls? I mean, I think you're right. It's cynical, but I think you're probably right. At least partly. It's not because she's good at it. I mean, I wouldn't be, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to throw stones. I live in a glass house. I don't think I would be good at it, but I also didn't apply for it. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know if you, just in, in me trying to find um, a lot of good clips of, of Chairman Amali, I saw that there was a conversation with Gerald Horn kind of recently. Have you seen that one? We talk, they both talked to each other? Yeah, I think so. No, I yeah. Didn't. I don't... Uh, what, uh, was that on YouTube? or? Uh, yeah, that's. I think that's where I found it. Let's see. Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I would like to see that. Yeah. Yeah, I think you, I, I, I'm pretty sure that you would like to see that, right? <laughs> that's why I brought it, that's why I brought it up, because it was one of the things that I think that I was, when I was looking at all of the different media, yeah. But I decided not to use, use that one for today, because it, it, it really went into a much deeper analysis than I want, and than I was able to do before kind of giving the overview and giving a sense of it seemed like it was a it's going to be a good talk I think it's my the bottom line of that <laughs> Can you post that or, or send me that uh, I don't even know if I still have it bookmarked I will if I will find it I will find it yeah, you can look at your history. You can search through your view history uh, yep. on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got the. Um, so let's see. Well, it won't be on my. It won't be on my. Here we go. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't have to. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it says um, it's on Activist News Network. You might have already watched it. Oh, yeah, this is nine months ago. But I thought there was a more recent one. But there's one from nine months ago on Activist News Network. And, they, that, and that's right after the raid happened. But Gerald Horns talked about about um, the African People's Socialist Party issues quite a bit. Did you find it? Okay, yeah. The FBI raids of the Uhuru movement.
Sound. Thank you. So I was just saying there's um, boycott Regions Bank is because is Regions Bank shut down all of the accounts and is calling in all of their mortgage, you know, their mortgage and after 20 years banking with. So. They are really being, they're seriously, the, the people, African People's Socialist Party must have pissed somebody off recently because they are getting it. And as I said, coming together because we know these things are happening. We need to know where they're happening so we can stand up and fight back. Hands off Uhuru. This has been Crowdsourcing Revolution. Thanks for hanging in with me for nearly two hours, folks. I really appreciate you being here and listening. We'll be back with another episode before you know it. Thanks for being here, Omar. Thanks, Amanda. Oh, I'm going to play the updated. This is an updated version of... Um, of the revolution will not be televised. I actually had an idea for another Gil Scott Heron, uh, like a spinoff of Whitey on the Moon. Oh yeah, that had, that had to do more with like uh, all the money that we send for to Ukraine. Oh, yep. <laughs> But 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 send more money to Ukraine. Yeah. But definitely more guns for Ukraine. So this is uh, the revolution will not be televised, featuring Juno. This was posted three weeks ago. You will not be Have able to stay day. home, brother. Not be able to sign up, log in, tweet, or share your current location. You will not be able to lose yourself, log out of social media, or write hateful comments on YouTube videos because the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be defined by your amount of Instagram followers or likes on your selfies. The revolution will not be brought to you by Apple or Samsung without commercial interruption. You will not see footage of unarmed black teens being gunned down by those sworn to protect us because the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by a whitewashed Grammy Award ceremony hosted by Chris Rock as a token gesture. The revolution will not give you a booty like Nicki Minaj or Beyonce. The revolution will not enhance your curves or make you resemble Kim Kardashian because the revolution will not be televised. There will be no pictures of black people standing next to inherently racist presidential candidates. Or will there be any support in building unnecessary barricades between countries? 
Nose jobs, Botox, tummy tucks. We will no longer desire to be made in Chelsea. And Essex will no longer be the only way. Because black people will be too preoccupied with finding a brighter day. unarmed black teens. There will be no pictures of slain unarmed black teens. There will be no cropped pictures in the media of the young black man at his daughter's grave after being gunned down by the police. There will be no footage of black men or women being escorted out of presidential campaign rallies, being sucker punched by hillbillies or tear gassed by the police. The revolution will not be made compatible with the new iOS system or overpriced while downsized, aimed at narrow minds or the shallow confines of subdued and self-absorbed citizens. The theme song will not be written by Macklemore or sung by Kanye West and will not be performed at Madison Square Garden or Wembley Stadium. There will be no reruns, brothers, because the revolution will be live.